0: It's not bad, kayaking is fun, but you're on this cosmic ship and he's just like on his little kayak going the other way.
1: So do you think that in order to find true love, one cosmic sailor has to find another cosmic sailor?
0: That's exactly what I'm saying.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Her Life Blogcast. I'm your host, Rachel Malik, and we have quite the panel discussion. Today is our serendipity Christmas special. Welcome, panelists. Allie Giordano, Kevin Burgo. We're going to talk about fate. We're going to talk about love. We're going to talk about Christmas. How are we feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm <laughs> feeling excited.
0: <laughs> feeling very serendipitous today. I feel like this is all fate has led to this moment, so I'm happy to be here.
1: I agree. I think that this is a good lineup of panelists because I don't think the three of us have ever talked about any of this together. I've talked about this with both of you separately, meaning love and fate and destiny and soulmates, but I don't think we've ever had this. This is an interesting dynamic and I'm excited to dive in. This is kind of coming from my love for the movie Serendipity, which we'll talk about a little bit. Reactions to the movie Ally, because I know you're a fan. You're the one who first told me to watch this movie because I hadn't seen it when I got to college and you were like, how have you not seen this?
2: Because I, I think it's because we went to Serendipity in this the city. One. I was like, how do you, how have you not seen this movie? Um, Here's my opening question. Why does the movie stick
1: out in your brain as like a good movie, a movie that you always come back to?
2: I just love the idea of like, this thing leads to this thing and like they cross paths and like, they keep missing each other and eventually like they just... It's
1: I <laughs> all right, all right. Kevin, what is your reaction to the movie clips you have seen of Serendipity?
0: Much like the plot of this story, this movie has come back to me because I feel like we talked about this, Rachel, years ago, probably when we were still in college. So it's been sitting in the back of my brain for so long. And I've always had like a strong idea of what the plot is about. But finally, I watched all 12 movie clips on YouTube that were available to me. And I really enjoyed myself. Like I really enjoyed every second. The elevator scene was nice. The book itself is very good. I like that. Marquez is a great author. I the soundtrack was awesome. There's like Nick Drake and Bob Marley covers. I thought it was really nice. I enjoyed. I enjoyed all twelve clips, start to finish. I probably liked the whole movie.
1: I really think you would. I think my mission for today's episode is to convince Kevin to watch the whole movie. I think you would really enjoy it. I'll run everybody through a little synopsis because the beauty of this episode and this panel is that you don't have to have seen the film to appreciate the discussion we're about to have. I'm going to tell you everything you need to know and then you can watch it later and like really appreciate it even more. I have two different synopses. synopsis. The first is from Google. To give credit, on a magical night when they're in their 20s, Jonathan, John Cusack meets Sarah, Kate Beckinsale. He finds it love at first sight, but Sarah believes in destiny. After 10 years, the two, with 3,000 miles between them, must decide if fate wants them to be together again. When love feels like magic, it's called destiny. When destiny has a sense of humor, it's called, say it with me, serendipity. Let's dive in a little more because I have more details in the IMDb synopsis, so just really settle in here, folks. Jonathan Trigger and Sarah Thomas meet while shopping for gloves in New York around Christmas time. Hello. Holly Jolly. Though buying for their respective lovers, the magic was right, and the night of Christmas shopping turned to romance. John wanted to explore things further, but Sarah wasn't sure their love was meant to be. They decided to test fate by splitting up and seeing if destiny brought them back together again. Many years later, having lost each other that night, both are engaged to be married to other people. Still, neither can shake this need to give fate one last chance to reunite them. John enlists the help of his best man to track down the girl he can't forget, starting at the store where they met, and Sarah asks her new-age musician fiancé for a break before the wedding, and with her best friend in tow, flies from California to New York, hoping destiny will bring her soulmate back. Near misses and classic Shakespearean confusion bring the two close to meeting a number of times, but fate will have the final word on whether it was meant to be. I mean, doesn't that sound great? I love it. I love it too. I
2: feel like I just replayed the movie in my mind as you the whole
1: thing. Oh, it's so 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 good. So I guess my first question and the thing I ask myself when I watch the film is, who do you identify with more in terms of say, like, put yourself in the position: you're shopping at is it Bloomingdale's? You're reaching for the gloves. Your hands meet. You're fighting over the gloves, and you have another love interest, but you're like can't fight this feeling. You share a frozen hot chocolate do you let the I continue? Do you decide to let fate, like whose side are you on? Do you write your name on the dollar bill or do you not? Allie?
2: I think I want to be Kate, but I think I'm John Kuzak. We just like met each other. Like, come on, like let's exchange numbers. But like I, at heart, like I want to be like, oh, let's leave it up to destiny. Here's my number on a $5 bill. You know what I mean? Like I yes. want to that, but this is ridiculous. Let's get down to it.
1: <laughs> yes. Kevin, what are your immediate thoughts? Like if someone, if you really hit it off with someone and they're like, oh, we could just be together now or we can wait to see if we come together is that a frustrating thing for you or you're like oh yeah this is my soulmate talk to me
0: oh i feel like this question has morphed away from who to identify with and what do i do personally in the moment
1: okay answer both
0: okay all right i often identify as john cusack just day to day
1: in day to day yeah
0: yeah so (laughs) it has to be him in this moment too okay but as much of a, I identify as a hopeless romantic, I would be like, if if she handed me the paper and it blew away, and I'd be like, oh, no, come on, one more time. She's like, no, the fates have spoken. I'd be like, okay, yeah, the fates have spoken. And I'd probably just be like, see you later. I think it's fate that <laughs> I don't have time for this. I would leave. Wow. Yeah, wow. I don't know. That's, that's too much for me. I don't know. Maybe it'd be different if I really felt that spark, but... I think it kind of freaked me out. I'd be like, no, I, that's it.
1: Fair. Like dodged a bullet. This chick's crazy. Like, is that what you mean?
0: No, not crazy. I mean, it's, she believes in destiny, you know, like that's what she wants to have, but I, I don't know. It just seems too much of a, a game in the moment. And to know that the whole movie progresses and they ultimately get back together. For me, I'm not John Cusack. I'm just Kevin. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't chase her, which means that I'm, I'm not the right one for her. John Cusack is.
1: Jonathan Traeger. Yeah, I think per, for me, there's something annoying about, like, the fate already happened. We met. Like, it's done. We don't need to keep testing it. It already happened. So my thing is, like, you met? You're ice skating? That New York City moment is topping the charts? Like, let's just
2: fall in love. Right? Uh, <laughs> now I think I'm Kate.
0: <laughs> Interesting. A switch. A change of heart.
2: Okay. Why? I'm thinking back to something that happened over the summer where I did something very you did hate S. tell the story and- will you tell it it makes me feel so insane and so crazy though but I guess that's just kind of so I like saw this guy on like TikTok months ago like in like February of 2021 I guess and then over the summer I was in DC and I think I knew that he was like moving to Philly or something like that. So I sent him a DM on Instagram. And was like, okay, like I'm gonna be here at this time, on this day, leaving it up to fate. Like, and then deleted Instagram for the month, and then showed up at the Washington Monument at a specific day and time, and like looked like an idiot waiting for him. And then, of course, like redownloaded Instagram and saw that he had like replied to me, and he like wasn't in Philly yet. He was like halfway across the country, but I definitely think like. that solidifies my my belief in fate and like the idea of like take I don't know just putting like it into the universe and then
1: I think I think it's beautiful and I'm proud of you for doing that and I wish that he got his act together and met you at the Washington Monument because that would have been a killer story but I do think there's something nice about like ah the universe Kevin reactions
0: I I really like that that you did that because I feel like there's what people normally do is like, you slide into the DMs and that's it. That's the act. And you either respond to them, but you were like, I'm gonna use this as a means to an end rather than the end itself. Like I'm gonna use DM to let them know. Then you delete it, which I think is a, a accomplishment in itself nowadays to like be off Instagram for a while. And you went and you did it. I think that's really nice. I just think that's active. It's an action. You tried to be romantic. You try, You acted on your own um, feelings, and I think that's what it's all about. I like that. I wish you showed up, but he didn't.
1: You bring up something interesting that I would like to parse out a little further with my two panelists here. Active versus passive when it comes to fate and destiny and love. I think that's really the crux of the Serendipity special here today. The point, I guess, the question I'm asking is, like, how much control do we have when it comes to destiny? Allie, in your example that you said, Washington Monument, like... That was your choice to do that but do you believe that there's like some greater force that like kept him from coming to the washington monument because he's not your soulmate? like do you know what i'm saying
2: yeah um i don't know i'm like kind of like I, i'm hesitant to say that we have no free will and that it's just all predetermined i don't know i'm kind of in the middle right now i'm not sure i'm like i think it's a healthy place to be kevin what do you think
0: i, I think um ali in in your case you've entered into the cosmic winds of fate. You've opened your sails and you're getting blown around by the winds of fate. And it's leading you all sorts of magical places. And this person, they seem like they're on like a little kayak and they're just like doing their little kayak thing and they're pushing and straining against the waves. And it's not bad. Kayaking is fun. But you're on this cosmic ship and he's just like on his little kayak going the other way. And you look down from your pirate ship and you're like, hey, you're still handsome, but you're not even, you're not even in the same hemisphere as me. Like, I feel like you got to enter into this cosmic force. And then all of those people playing in the cosmic field will eventually pair up. And then there's like the people outside of it that are operating on a different set of standards, you know, not bad, not worse, but it's just different. Like, it's just a different way of living your life.
1: So do you think that in order to find true love, one cosmic sailor has to find another cosmic sailor?
0: That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I think so too. Like you're either a kayak couple or a cosmic sailor couple.
0: Yeah. And I see the kayak couples on Instagram and they have like a nice, they have these nice photos and they're in shape. And, but the cosmic sailor ship is, is another, yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Cosmic.
2: I just feel so much better about myself now. Thank you, Kevin. (laughs) No, I agree. I feel like I kind of associate that with like, there's like the more like logic minded and then there's more like act on like emotion type and I feel like I'm definitely more the emotion um oriented so I feel like you could also equate it to that as well
1: talking about fate do you off the jump associate it more with an active approach or a passive approach my instinct says passive but then like a story like Ali's makes me think it's very active
2: I think active because even in the movie like Kate has to like get on that plane and go to New York like all these little things are happening in New York but had she like never made the decision to buy that plane ticket to go to New York to like chase this idea then nothing ever would happen like they never would have very true. ended up together
0: yeah I'm happy you brought this up because that was in my stream of consciousness notes that I wrote that was my main like conclusion that I had to dig down a little bit to get to is that it seems like the message of this story is that it takes time. It takes a long time. Is it 10 years, right? That this takes place? That's a long time. And that feels like it's a lot of waiting and this liminal space of waiting for it to happen. But it doesn't it seems like the the message is to be active about it. Because John Cusack's running all over town, taking all these actions, almost losing his mind to crack the case. So based on the movie clips that I saw, it seemed like Jonathan was a lot more active during the 10-year span, and Sarah was almost like hiding in a way. I don't know. She seemed like the, and this might be a critique, but like the princess in a castle just like waiting to be found, which I didn't feel was equal. It seemed like it focused a little more on John Cusack, but that might just be because I only saw a few clips. But the great thing about Sarah was that she was the catalyst that sparked it. So she was the she took the first action and kind of lit Jonathan on fire metaphorically. And then ultimately it was fate that allowed it. So that was a long winded answer of saying that it takes patience, which is kind of passive, but a lot of action in the meantime.
1: Yes I feel that I also think something really interesting and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself but let's dive in now because something and Kevin you might not know this from the clips but Sarah has a very has a transformation with her relationship to fate and destiny because then we see her in the flash forward 10 years later and she's she's a therapist and she's with her client and he's talking about some kind of romantic thing and he and she's like listen we all like to believe that there's some greater power or something that's predetermining it all, but that's just an excuse for not getting your life together and doing what you really want to do. So she kind of has this full, like, I'm not the girl I once was in my twenties when I was like meeting guys and going to serendipity and ice skating in New York. Now I'm yeah. like this logical person. And then she like refines that old version of herself. And it seems like these two characters need each other in order to tap into this destiny chasing versions of themselves so the question maybe isn't do you as an individual think that fate and soulmates and everything is real it's just have you met the person who like triggers it for you what do we think about that
2: i want to say i want to believe it's the person because i believe in fate and soulmates and all that so i would like to think that if you truly met that person it would bring out this side of you
1: yeah it's like the epitome of if you know you know like if you've experienced it you get it and if you haven't yet then watch serendipity Imagine what it would be like, and then one day you'll get there. Kevin?
0: Uh, this is making me remember a serendipitous moment that I, Ooh. yeah. Anecdote. Yeah. Okay, so this is a book by Thich Han. No Fear, No Death. Um, I'll get back to why it applies. But I have a few of these books by Thich han Here's another one. And I really like them. And I was going consistently over the past uh, spring into summer um, to pick these up every time I finish one, because I, I think they're very insightful. I, I love them a lot. Um, but on this trip and originally, i feel like i told you about this when this happened was i was in the island barnes and noble like looking at books and i was like mm, this is very interesting what do i do and this very attractive person comes down the aisle and i'm like mm-hmm. oh look at this nice person there they are maintain distance and just <laughs> let's be respectful here but it was nice and then like we were sitting in there for a while and there's that like liminal space where you're sitting next to two people that there feels like there's an attraction going on and you're like, well, what do you do? There's that passive moment where you sit in it, but then what do you have to do? You have to take an action. So I said, Hey, <laughs> uh, what are you looking for? And um, like, are you, do you have any recommendations or something like that? Like, what, are you looking for anything specific? And she was like, uh, no, I'm just like looking around Thought I'd pick up something spiritual, thought provoking. I was like, okay, cool. Back off. Take a few steps away. But we just kept like sitting there like and then I was like, OK, this person seems interesting and interested. So I have to be active. And, like this might be the only time I see them because I'm in a, a pretty crowded New York City bookstore. So I was kind of acting on serendipity a little bit and like getting to know them. But then I walked away. I was like, hey, it's very nice meeting you. Like, I hope you find something that you like." walk away. Oh, damn, she's very nice. I should have asked for her number. But no, that's weird because we just talked for two seconds. But then I get a line to buy my book and she gets online line behind me. I'm like, oh, hello again. Just was like, hey, what what'd you wind up getting? And she told me she was like, picked up some like Islamic scripture and this book about neuroscience. I'm like, damn, like those are two very interesting things. Very, this seems, person seemed very smart. So I was like, okay, here's my chance, like now or never. And I said, do you want to like go get coffee after this to go talk about books and stuff? And she's like, oh, that's like, I'd like to that sounds nice but I have to like get back to my sister's apartment I don't live around here and like I'm leaving and I was like okay I'm next online (laughs) walk away have a nice day buy my books walk outside and then I'm like waiting outside for the lights to change and I walked away it just turned white and I walked away and I was like damn so like (laughs) I I went like I I felt like I missed an opportunity and I was Mm -hmm. kicking myself and I, I did, maybe didn't explain that in a way that seemed like there was a reciprocal attraction, but I felt like there wasn't the moment. And um, I think I missed my shot. I should have like, I don't know, given her my number or like wrote it down in a book or something, I don't know, some romantic on my Barnes and Noble free cookie receipt. And I didn't. And um, I went back there a few times. I left a note in one of the books that I, I recommended to her. And I was like, hey, this is me. I like left a little secret code that if anyone else found it, they weren't going to like call my number because i okay sorry anecdote on this anecdote jonathan's number was on a five dollar bill for 10 years going around new york city he must have gotten so many calls from random people five dollars that exchanges hands a lot probably the most exchanged dollar bill so he probably got so many calls thinking it was sarah
1: i didn't even think of that
2: that's That's why he became more constantly being reminded of it You would like they don't show that but, like, yeah. every time you got a phone Whereas call, Sarah links oh, in the book Sarah. and that, it
1: didn't exchange so many hands. So, Sarah probably was easier to forget and move on. Wow. I think there's a really strong reality out there where one day, Kevin, you're sitting in a Barnes and Noble and she just pops up, and then you fall in love. And then you look across the Starbucks area where someone else is getting a free cookie and it happens to be Allie and the guy that never showed to the Washington Monument, but he's right. actually there. Yeah. And then they fall in love together.
0: <laughs> hey.
1: Let's, I have, I have more questions. We're really just getting into it, but thank you both for sharing your anecdotes. And I'm, I'm inspired already. I think we can agree that everyone on this panel today believes in fate. Yes. I absolutely believe in fate. Yes. Thank you. Panelist number one, panelist number two. Kevin. <laughs>
0: uh, no, I don't, I don't really. Believe in
1: fate. Okay. Okay. No. Question number two, do you, or have you associated fate with love in particular? Yes. Why?
2: I think I I, I associate fate with everything in life.
1: Okay, so she's just a fate girl. Love is part of life, and so love is a part of fate.
2: Yeah.
1: Got it. Kevin?
0: I feel like we're on one of those dating shows where you're, like, sitting behind a wall. You're, like, panelist number one. Um, I think in, like, a romantic way, yeah. Like, a poetic way, I think in forms of art, then fate and love are nice. I like a good story with it, but... I think it would drive me a little crazy if I really brought fate into my uh, love life. It, yeah. It, it would just be more for me. It would. Okay. to me. I think that's fair. Yeah. There. yeah.
1: Okay. If I may interject as moderator to give my opinion, I do really strongly associate fate with love. Like when I asked myself all these questions and I was typing them out, it was very impossible for me to think about anything other than love. Even as we're talking now, I'm like, what else could, I guess like career, is it fate? Mm, I don't know. It's very strongly the most associated with love. And I want to dive into that a little deeper and we will, and we will. And it's also probably because I thought about this in context of serendipity, which is a rom-com like it's a beautiful love movie with a beautiful love story so I think that all is the perfect storm for my brain question number three can you make your own fate
2: Allie yes but I like in my mind like fate is that they were meant to be together and like
1: so they didn't make that up they just acted on it to make that true
2: yeah like they took actions towards it but I think in my mind, fate pulls you in certain directions and you make certain decisions because you have this feeling or this intuition telling you to, like, she bought that plane ticket because something in her was telling her to do that. Like, all these, like, actions are because there's an intuition or a feeling within you. So, no, I don't think that you make it yourself. I think it's already there.
1: I think it's fair. I think it's very fair. Good answer, panelist number one, Kevin. Number two?
0: Intuition is an w- interesting word to bring up, Ellie intuition is like this passive thing that you feel but then you have to act on it like if you have your intuition and you don't act on it then you're going against your gut so what if you have intuition and you like unfought like you go the wrong way every single time will that lead you to like your worst enemy if the other way goes to your true love just a thought anyway um to answer your question i think uh this book has found me solace when i was when I was kicking myself on Riverside Park thinking like damn Kevin what are you doing I can't believe you didn't like act on this um Mm -hmm. on the on the second page it talks about some Buddhist thought and what Buddha taught that rand and he says that when conditions are sufficient things will manifest and when they are no longer sufficient they will withdraw so I thought about okay Buddha you say this and let's try to find some solace here I met this person, they seem like a good match, but looking at myself, looking at the state of my apartment or the state of my mental health or the state of my life right now, maybe my conditions aren't sufficient to like have this person enter my life right now. And maybe they have withdrawn and maybe they'll come back later. But that seems like a little too solipsistic for me because that reduces this fourth dimensional person that I was attracted to because they're this full person to someone that's existing solely for me to come back to when I'm ready. And maybe that's just too personal and it's something I have to work through. But in the form that I was like critiquing this movie earlier that I had a problem with was that it seemed like Sarah was less three-dimensional than Jonathan was. Like he seemed like the main character. She seemed like a side character to be coveted and like one in a way Mm -hmm. and it just feels kind of gross to me in that way and that's like something I try to get out of is like no this is the reason I fall in love with people is because they're full people living their own autonomous lives and they're not there for me yeah that's something i need to work on so no um, wait this uh, is
1: really interesting because i never thought about this before a couple things first of all manic pixie dream girl that's like what that is right like that's the trope of like the woman literally just exists so
2: that the man can come to his full characterized form
0: yes well brother yeah
2: don't you think it's like both ways like in my mind i'm like maybe she's not ready either maybe you're there for her i mean like i think it's something where you like both have to get to a point where you can both be there For each other like I think that's my opinion like what love is is able to like be comfortable and independent on your own that you're able to come together and exist for one another as well as for yourself
0: yeah that's a good point maybe that's what I need to work on in order for the conditions to be sufficient and maybe my conditions will be sufficient and hers will never be or maybe mine will never be and hers will never be it doesn't mean that maybe we're not soulmates it just means Mm. that the conditions were never sufficient to have them so maybe we have multiple soulmates depending on what path we follow based on our intuition and like whatever conditions manifest you'll have like multiple ones or is there only one that's the question
1: that just so happens to be question number four on my list do you believe in soulmates
2: swear to god number four do you believe in soulmates allie Okay, so I pondered this a lot. Obviously, yes, absolutely, I do. But what I've questioned is if there's one, or there are multiple. I feel like I have to go with one. Oh, okay. I think there's different soulmates in sense of like you can have like friendship soulmates in a sense. Yes. But I think when it comes to like romantic interest, I think that there is one person that you're meant to be with, and I think it's really rare that you ever meet that person. I think you have multiple, but then I think, then you just have multiple partner then like people in my like past will always have like given me something, but I wouldn't say that they're all my soulmates. If it didn't pan out, they weren't my soulmate.
1: Yeah. But I don't, I think, again, it goes back to the same thing. Like you don't meet a lot of them. They they're out there, but it just, it heightens the possibility of maybe meeting one. I think that's where I think of it. Like there's lots of them walking around. Kevin
0: um i don't know soulmates i don't know what does that look like like how do you know what does that feel like i really want to believe in soulmates yeah but like what's really the difference like if you live your whole life madly in love with this person but somehow deep down you're like oh it's not soulmate level then what like how do you know is it that intuition and then like I guess you have to take another action and what is that action but like divorcing your spouse and like setting sail on the seven seas to like look for your soulmate I don't know I just don't that's what I think like I said it'll, it makes me flustered it makes me think yeah. then it takes away from something because it's very monogamy focused it's very like western marriage focused where it's like oh no, I will get married to my soulmate at like 35 years old and we'll have like a nice house and kids. But isn't there like a soulmate for maybe when you're 17 and like young and dumb and like just discovering love? And isn't there a soulmate for when you're 35, when you're like ready to settle down? I feel like there's good matches at different parts of your life. And maybe soulmates aren't forever. Like maybe a soulmate can be three years when you're 20 to 23. And it's just like, that was the best thing I possibly could have had for this time of my life but it had to end
1: no I like that I like that a lot that's interesting I was curious to get your take hmm I also think that the way I think and talk about this like if we had this episode 10 years from now when hopefully I have many loves of my life under my belt I'll be able to talk way more informed like I think it just in the grand scheme of life I've had relatively little experience with love so like I'm all just like guessing
2: but I mean, like, I don't know, like, I do understand what Kevin's saying where like, you don't want to take away from like, these like very like special moments in time where like a high school love or college love, like, yes you want that to remain what it was for the time. Like, you don't want to take anything away from that. But I think not giving it the name of soulmate doesn't take that away from the love that was there. Like, I think you can still learn and grow and truly be completely in love with a person and them not be your soulmate. Like, I don't think, you know, like, I don't think you only fall in love with your soulmate. I think that we do fall in love with other people. Truly. I wouldn't take away from that, but I think that, I don't know why I can't give a reasoning, but I just feel like there's like one person that like you're meant to be with.
1: This reminds me of something of Allie that we were talking about once um, in a post breakup discussion between you and I, when we were talking about like the purpose of dating, right. Is to like date all these people, hopefully fall in love with a bunch of them. And you're able to just pick out the best parts of each relationship. And then, you know, what to look for in the next relationship. So I think in the back of my mind, anyway, I've always thought that my soulmate is the person who has like every single thing on that list. And like, I don't even know what's on the list yet. So it's really hard for me to paint the picture of the person, but that I think would answer my question or Kevin's question from earlier. That answers that of in my mind, a soulmate is someone who ch- like is the best parts of every other person that I've loved.
2: Yeah, I would align with that, and I think it's just somebody where there's just like no hesitation and no doubt. Yeah, which I think is rare. Like that's really hard to have in a relationship to never doubt it or to never. But I think that's what makes soulmates. Soulmate, something that's like special. Mm-hmm. Interesting.
0: Doubt is interesting. I write that down next to intuition. So here's another book. I'm going to cite my sources. This is All About Love by Bell Hooks, who uh, actually just passed away this past week. So RIP uh, mm-hmm. Bell Hooks. She's a fantastic author. This is a great book if you haven't read it. All About Love. Rachel, I think about you a lot of times when I'm reading this. Um, and there's different forms of love that she goes through and different steps that it takes like spirituality and commitment and what's this chapter community i'm i'm closing in on the end and this one is about romance and she opens it up by saying that um, to get the love we always wanted but never had to have the love we want but are not prepared to give we seek romantic relationships um and we often enter these romantic relationships to find some sort of redemption because we are seeking some form of love that's different than our friendships and our familial relationships. And true love does have the power to redeem, she said, but only if we are ready to be uh, redeemed or ready for redemption, which is kind of like opening your sails to the cosmic wind, like you kind of have to be ready for it to like enter that fate, fatalistic uh, relationship. And she goes into like all the misdeeds that kind of, or misconceptions about love that she finds. She cites like Toni Morrison, the author, Who said that the idea of romantic love is one of the most destructive ideas in the history of human thought because it is often filled with like fantasy and misconception and the creation of false selves because we're often like not ready to be redeemed or open ourselves up. So we create this false self, then someone falls in love with that false self, and eventually the true self will reveal itself. And then, like, you cut that off. And then that creates this cycle where you're like, oh, of course, see, like, I created this false self and then they saw through it. So I must like not be lovable, which is a problem. Anyway, I can get into this point that she said, back to you, Rachel, about critically evaluating a partner. And she said, it was difficult for me to take out a piece of paper and evaluate myself to see if I was able to give the love I wanted to receive and even more difficult to make a list of the qualities that I wanted to find in a mate. I listed 10 items. And when I applied this list to the men I had chosen as potential partners, it was painful to face the discrepancy between what I wanted and what I had chosen to accept. And she concludes that saying, most of us prefer to have a partner who is lacking in these qualities than no partner at all. So I found that interesting that you said like, oh, I would write this down to be like, I want these lists and they like cross check it to these people that you want to date and that often yeah. seems like very unromantic and even i don't know maybe like dehumanizing in a way where you're like oh these are the qualities like i want them to be maybe it could be physical like taller than me or have blue eyes or something i don't know whatever you want whatever you need to find in this life um but i think it is important to like genuinely think critically about these people mm-hmm. because sometimes like no mate is better than soulmate i guess but it, anyway i was just read that last night and i found it very interesting I'm kind of afraid to write down a list. I'm afraid to like see what I am looking for.
2: I did something last year. I forget like where I read it or like who said it to me, but like I wrote down all of my like favorite qualities about the person I was with and like truly like emulated and just like loved about him. And then like they say, like those are things that you feel are lacking in yourself. And like when I reflected on the list and I looked at it, I was like, they're right. Like, these are like all my insecure points and I'm looking for it in this other person. Like, it was like silly things. Like they're like handy or something like that. And like, I, I never feel like I'm like able to like, I don't know, get things done around the house. Like I can't like build a shelf on my own or whatever, but it's like Mm -hmm. in reality, like I can. So like, instead of investing the time into like the relationship, more so investing it into these like things that like you're looking for in somebody else is really what you're looking for within yourself
0: wow damn damn that's good so that was that's good.
2: what I would do is like analyze like all of your like favorite parts about the people that you've been with and then think about like do I have those qualities because if that's what I'm worth, right. or if these are all my like favorite parts of them am I even able to offer that to my person in return like <laughs> just throwing that at you wow
1: this is wild. And another thing that the the idea of this actual physical list brings up, it brings me back to another point that Kevin made earlier, which is like, it leads you into this headspace of assuming that another person exists just for you, which again, is like a dangerous thing. If I'm literally checking a list, like literally physically checking a list, it's like, I'm not acknowledging this person for the multifaceted human being that they are.
2: But I think like the lists are just something to like you accountable. Like I, like, I think if like the guy I end up with doesn't have, like, a certain color hair or eye color that I was looking for. Like, I'm not going to be, like, up well. He's not
1: it. He's yeah. Not
2: it. He has every other part, but he doesn't have, like, whatever eye color. You know what I mean? Like, I just think the list is a guide for yourself in terms of, like, not yeah old patterns.
1: And, like, the bell hooks thing where she mentioned, like, something in that quote that she read, Kevin said, you would rather have a partner that falls short on all of those than not have one at all. I think the list is a good accountability for yourself of being like this, this I don't even like this person like why am I investing so much that's and that could be me as well but I find that happens a lot where I'm like I don't enjoy spending time with this person Yeah. but I love that
0: God. <laughs>
2: that's problematic
1: I have like three people in my head that I'm thinking of right now who fit that bill that's not good yeah bell hooks would be mad at me I'm sorry
0: I think she would. Um, She um, would. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, she doesn't (laughs) take any prisoners in that book. She really, yeah.
1: I think it's time to move on to question number five. Why, if we're talking about serendipity, do you think there was a Christmas setting for the film? Do you think the holiday season adds to the magical notions of fate and destiny? Do you think it just worked out better as a box office smash because it was a holiday film? They could market it that way. Like, What are your
2: thoughts about Christmas, fate, love, Allie? I think, no, maybe like 85% of like Christmas movies have like a romantic love plot yeah. within it. So like, I just think it's kind of like the nature of like the holiday season. Like you want to see people falling in love and like, I don't know. I just
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Like the snow in the romance scenes yeah. are nice. There's a lot of snow in this movie. So sometimes it's like dizzying how much snow. Anyway, <laughs> um, that's just me. Uh, yeah, this would be a very different movie if it took place on St. Patrick's Day. Just be a weird, weirder movie, you know, like, yeah. it just wouldn't be the same. And I think it's just, like, biological, you know, it's cuffing season, it gets cold, yeah. your your window literally narrows, like, you're, especially now, you're wearing your hat, wearing your mask, you want to be snuggled yeah. up with your love bug, you know, walking down the streets, yeah, you want to be do. pressed up, stay warm.
1: Yeah. And I think like you buy, like for me as a viewer, I buy into it so much more because it's Christmas and they're falling in love and it's a Christmas miracle that they found each other. And it's beautiful. Like, Kevin, like you said, if they met on St. Patrick's Day in a New York City bar, I'd be like, they don't belong together. <laughs> like, who cares? But so there is something magical about the season and I just love it. Oh, my God. I love this movie. Kevin, I really hope you watch it. I have some more questions. Are we ready? These are really this is like the wrap up section. We're on a new header now.
0: OK, Whoa. Well, Okay, I'm
1: ready. One, what your main takeaways from today's episode are. And as the follow-up, did you change your mind about anything since talking on this panel discussion, Serendipity Special?
2: I think just what Kevin said now in terms of like looking at relationships in terms of like living in the right now. I think Rachel and I especially tend to go towards this is my love of my life and we're going to end up together blah, 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 you know which I think I'm like half kidding sometimes, but I'm also like, I think that's something I wanna get better at is just kind of living for the right now in this moment and letting it be what it is. And like, I think that's truly embodying fate and like having trust that like, okay, if it is meant to be, if it is a forever kind of love, then it will work, you know, so.
0: Interesting. I think um, my main takeaway is that I learned a lot from this conversation. I feel like I can live Going forward, <laughs> I've been trying to do this like more at harmony with individuals who really live and operate through the lens of destiny and fate. I think it was for a long time in my life, it was very difficult because I think I have this very smug, like, it doesn't even matter moment. And that was like a big nihilistic period of my life that I think back into like, high school that I've long since wanted to get over and have put in the work to do it. Um, and I think it does go back to that, those two words that Ali brought up, of intuition and doubt. I think these are two aspects of my life that are really influencing over me. And I've always said, like, trust your gut, trust your gut to myself. And when I've worked against my gut, bad things have happened. And When I've followed it, neutral or good things have happened. And I feel like intuition um, has been something I've been practicing Uh not only in romance, but just like in my day-to-day life. Like if I'm walking around the city, being more willing to wander, being more willing to like let my intuition guide me. But the other side of that is doubt. And like doubting fate is very important or like a very influential thing. And I think doubt is like a main driver that happens in a lot of relationships is like doubt. It's just this dark cloud that can really cloud someone's mind. And sometimes for the better. Like when uh, Jonathan's fiance hands him the Love in the Time of Cholera book and like he found, it came back to him. I think that scene's great. Very well acted. The eyes, it's only eyes. Anyway, like there has to be doubt in his mind. He's like doubting for a long time, but then that's like the switch to action.
2: But yeah, I feel like that's the, like you said, like the switching component where I feel like he sees that book and it's like, now his intuition is screaming, Sarah is your person, Sarah is your person. And so, yes, it's doubt within this relationship, but I, I view it through the lens of like that now you're trusting your intuition.
0: I like that because I feel like intuition and doubt can cross the, this binary of like, whether you're on the great big pirate ship, with your sail's open on the seas of fate, or you're on your little secular kayak, like just drop, paddling away intuition and doubt are always going to be necessary components of a relationship that need to be like self-analyzed. And you can also have that like feeling that, hey, maybe I just chose this person. Like maybe this is just a convenient relationship that just happened and we just chose each other. And it's not super romantic. God didn't have any say in it or like the winds of fate didn't have any say in it. But like it feels right right now. My gut is telling me to keep going with it. You just got to choose it, I guess. That's kind of my opinion on things above fate. I think, like, a lot of it is just choosing someone to love. And I feel like you could do that. And it's not really romantic, but that's just how I've been operating in my life. It's it's worked out a little bit.
2: Yeah. yeah. And I think that choice, again, plays back to, like, this idea of, like, the journey and the experience of it and, like, living for right here, right now. Like, this is the person I want and I'm choosing them, right? So.
1: Yeah and I also think like part of it to make this circle I think it's like oh convenience plays a big part of it of, like I'm gonna fall in love with someone who by proximity is closer to me like that's just how it works but then in the back of my mind I'm like that's because God put him here that's because he's meant to live in Pennsylvania you know what I mean so I think like you could really argue in circles forever and that's what makes life fun I think it's fun to talk about this is fun. I don't know. I hope people are into it. I really it's cool to pick people's brains because I think I have a lot in common with both of you in different ways. And I don't know. I just think we all have very different approaches to romance in our lives and we could all watch serendipity or 12 clips of serendipity and come away with very different takeaways. I think that's that's a cool thing. I thank you guys so much for taking the time this holiday season to talk about love, to talk about serendipity to talk with each other, to be vulnerable, because I think you both brought some intense vulnerability that I always appreciate. I think it's a beautiful thing that we get to use this platform to share our experiences and to learn more about each other. It really makes my heart happy. So thank you guys for being here. Merry Christmas, happy holidays to both of you and your families and to everybody listening. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to follow us on Spotify or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. A rate and review would be so great. You can find us on Instagram at her.blog.life. You can find me on Instagram at RachelMiley13. Allie's on there too. Allie G, your Dano 10? That's it. Perfect. And blog posts, herbloglife.online. And for behind the scenes videos of recordings like this one, see Kevin's apartment. Just find my YouTube channel, search Rachel Malik and subscribe there too. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. As always, thank you for listening. We'll see you soon for another episode. I'm Rachel Malik. This has been the Her Life
0: Blogcast.